So what happens when the people in the community perceive the police as a threat to their life? We, I, I spoke briefly about this last week, and I said that uh, things happened like this October of 1966 in Oakland, California. Hillary P. Newton and Bobby Shilley founded the Black Panther Party for self-defense due to the brutality of the uh, police department there in Oakland. Another answer, people will seek to eradicate, eradicate, revenge, defend themselves by any means necessary, which means that people will do things not necessarily to your liking, not necessarily uh, to your, that you may perceive to be ethical because they feel that they've been wronged and they have no recourse under the law, no protection under the law. A solution would be in terms of the uh, killing of unarmed, non-threatening persons is to remove all contemptuous, racist, violent, aggressive, disrespectful individuals from the police force. Hold police accountable for their crime of murder, assault, etc., just as non-police officers are held accountable. Make police officers responsible for protecting people from police officers who appear to be or are violating murder, attempting to murder, endangering, assaulting people. A police officer's allegiance, inability, unwillingness to his fellow police officers should not supersede the law. His ability to identify or suspect that a police officer is committing, attempting to commit or has committed a crime. He should be arrested and prosecuted for his crime according to the law, just like anybody else. The man that police officer... You have a lot of listeners, but if they want to say something, they have to press one. Or if they guess, they have to press one. Okay, I think we have some people that are just listening. Anybody who's listening who wants to speak, please press one. Press number one if you want to speak during the show. Your opinion is highly appreciated and valued. The man that police officers respect the community they patrol and that they interact yeah, with the people in that community in a non-threatening, respectful manner. Caller, welcome to Provocative Thoughts. Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Carl, what's up, man? Troy and Trevor. Troy and Trevor. Troy and Trevor. How y'all doing? What's up, sir? What's good, man? How you doing? Good, good to talk All to right. you. All right. I'm glad to see you and hear from you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I know you guys have a lot to say about this. <laughs> too much, too much to say about this. Well, <laughs> you know what, man? It's it's, it's a um, it's difficult for me personally, man, because I'm I'm part of both groups. I'm black and I'm I'm a police officer, but I'm black first. And um, you know, I don't like the Monday morning quarterback. And I agree with you what you said about you know, murder is murder. And I'm not suggesting that any of the, you know, I'm not singling out any specific case um, involving the police with murder, but I'm just speaking generally. Murder is right. murder, and if somebody's guilty of that, then they should be held accountable just like a civilian. Right. I don't think that, you know, police, are, we, we set the, the standard. We're supposed to be held to a higher standard. We set the example, and I don't think they should be, um, you know, tried any differently if they're, if they're guilty of a crime. We're moving into a video era now, and I will say that in some of the cases, I don't need to get specific because, you know, like I said, I wear a badge myself, and I know it's a difficult job, and I know a lot of guys, out there just trying to do their job and go home to their family, really good guys, Christian guys that are really good people outside of being a police officer. They're just good people. But then, right. you know, one bad apple pulls the bunch. And I don't think that those that, you know, those bad apples should go unpunished. It's like, you know, if you sit in a courtroom, if I'm sitting in a courtroom and, you know, all they hear is murder trials all day, I sit in this courtroom for three months, three years, however, and every single person walks out of that courtroom not guilty, then I'm going to walk out saying there's something wrong with this system. Absolutely, absolutely. That's right. just that's just on numbers. Everybody can't be can't be innocent. Some of right. those cases have to be murdered. Absolutely, right. definitely. Right. You know, I want okay. I want to add. Um, let me. I'm sorry, Carl. I want to add to that. This no. is actually no. um, Trevor now. And first, I want to say thanks for for doing this. This is um this is necessary for people to hear. Not only you know the perspectives from people who haven't worked in law enforcement, but you know people like my brother, and myself, who have been in law enforcement for so long. I have right. not been 
uh, in law enforcement for the past two years, but I did work as a police officer and as a supervisor in the police department uh, for three years. The, the reality of the situation is that we need to understand that we can't just continue to condemn police. We have to condemn the system because, you know, that's why we have a judicial system. Once these police officers do the things that they do and commit the acts that they do and they're released, who is the person that's releasing them? What about the system that's releasing them? Mm -hmm. So we can't just keep saying, okay, the officer killed the black man. Yes, he did. But now we have a process in place that's supposed to prosecute him. Let's talk about the judges. Let's talk about the district attorney. Talk about the Supreme Court all these people who are allowing this to happen. But so much you hear all the time that they just condemn the officer who committed the act, which they should, but we need to condemn the entire system. The system is not just the police. Right. Funny you said, um, since you mentioned the Supreme Court, according to Graham versus Connor, the landmark of 1989 case that established the standard, each Use of force must be judged from the perspective of a reasonable officer on the scene rather than Absolutely. with the 2020 vision of hindsight. The ruling specifically cautions against judging police too harshly for split-second decisions made in tense, uncertain, and rapidly evolving situations. All this gives officers plenty of leeway Leeway to explain why their actions were legal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, on on the flip side of that, again, I want to say that you know what, I've been doing the job for a long time. Um, I know some really good. I don't think that you know vigilantes out there killing cops is the answer. I think that you know we got to we we definitely got to repair this relationship between police. And the and the, the public, man, the community has got to change, especially our communities. I can only speak from where what I know and where I live and where I come from. I don't know what goes on in white communities because I don't live there. I don't know what it's like to be a white person, you know, stopped by a police officer or looked at by uh, by another police officer. So I just know that we have to bridge this gap. We've got to, you know, this violence is not the answer. Um, you know, I think that that if, if we can if they if we can understand each other better. I think we need to open up dialogues. We need. To, I, I'm, I'm in favor of a of a civilian um, panel when when police things happen. I'm I'm in favor of having some civilians on that panel. Absolutely. That way you get some non-biased opinions and it's fair for everybody. You have to stand with part police and some of it's part civilians. But we definitely. Got, I don't know what the answer is. I think about it all the time, and you know I'll, I'll eventually come up with some suggestions. But we gotta we gotta bridge this relationship. We gotta repair this relationship with police in the community. That's true. And, you know, and I mean, uh, we, we need to get. We have another call. Go on. Let me finish up, then we're going to um, go to the next call. What you okay, saying? I'm sorry. One last thing I wanted to say. We need to, to um, as uh, people, you know, civilians need to not condemn police officers as a group because I, my perspective is, especially after being a supervisor of other officers where I had to deal with other personalities and different races and, and religious uh, backgrounds and ethnicities, there's no such thing as a bad police officer because you can take that person out of that uniform and put them in a priest suit, and he's still going to be a bad person. It's not right. bad because he's a cop. He's just a bad right. person. He's going to be right. bad no matter what profession. He was a dentist. He'd still be bad. So it shouldn't be right. I don't like cops because one person or a group of police officers have been, you know, have done bad things to the community. It's because they're bad people, not because they're bad right. cops. There's no, there's no difference that, than people doing that. That's more reason why you should be subjected to the same law everyone else is. Everyone else is. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Totally Got to agree. Hey, look, I'd love to hear from you guys. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. We'll talk soon. All right. Stay in touch. All right. Next caller, please. Welcome to Provocative Thoughts. What's up, Carl? Hello, how you doing? Oh, uh, it's Doom Dog. Doom Dog, how you doing, Jim? Um, I just wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to ask the officer that was on the phone. I wanted to ask him why is it that when you see videos of officers, you know, beating minorities, that speak. Hello, can you hear? Yeah, we still here. Okay, it, you know why on. you see officers in videos, you know, beating uh, minorities, but you never see in the same video where officers. It may be five or six officers beating one person. They have persons to do. He's not going anywhere, or she's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. But you never see another officer grabbing, hold, you know, trying to stop the other. Oh, that's enough. You know what I mean? Right. He's on. He, you know, we got him. 
right. Get the right. handcuffs mm-hmm. on him and that's mm-hmm. it. But you, you, you don't see that too much. Police, police, Every video right. that I see, I mean, mm-hmm. the videos that I see, I haven't right. saw that. I haven't, right. you know, and I can't understand that. Even when, when I was in a gang coming up, you see somebody getting beat up, you know, a gang member jumping, hold up, man, that's enough, you know, hold up, you know, or come right. to the aid. You don't see police officers, and they represent the law. You would think that they would say, well, hold up. You know what I mean? You beat right. the you devil out of I mean, persons. That had no weapon, nothing. It's a good, that's a very good question and a very good perspective. And um, let me say this. Again, I've worked as a supervisor for a police department, and I totally agree with you. And I have come to car stops with officers who worked under me, who were officers who I had already given a direct order to not do any car stops today. They were still out stopping cars and, and you know, patrolling alone, which I'm worried about their safety. I responded to those scenes and, let those, and told those drivers, you're free to go. Oh, I will interject in a minute because the bottom line is, I first of all, I'm giving you a direct order, and it's for your own safety. And I, I don't see why officers don't interject if they feel that other officers are doing something wrong. I've done it several times as a supervisor. Ma'am, sir, you are free to go, no matter what their violation was, because I told you not to do this. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me, let me, let me take you back on that. Those videos, and, and that, that, that was a great question. Those videos that you're mentioning, they do exist, but here's the thing. The system, like my brother mentioned earlier, the system is designed to keep us separated and to divide us even more as time goes on. Those videos are out there. I've witnessed cops, and I personally myself have stopped officers from doing something that I know was a bad idea or wrong. Those videos are out there, but those aren't the videos that the media and social media is going to put in your face because it doesn't keep us divided. It's going to make people say, oh, hey, there's some good cops out there. They don't want that to be the perspective because that doesn't, that's, that's not sellable. It's only sellable to keep this division between police and the community. That's sellable for the media. That's sellable for YouTube. Those are the videos people want to take their phones out and videotape. Hey, let's videotape the cops all gang beating somebody, but let's not videotape this guy stopping this cop from doing that. Nobody wants to videotape that. You have another caller. Hang in there. We have another caller. Welcome to the back of the start. Hello. Yes. Yes. Uh, this is uh, Brother Tyrone. How you doing, Ty? Hey, what's up, Carl? You know what? I I, I was listening to to, to the June and, and the cop and, and both y'all and all of y'all talking and you know, and you know I I these are the type of discussions that need to be uh, uh, we need to have with these uh, people that the Black Lives Matter and all that because I, I'm looking at how. I have had a bad experience with cops in the gang war era, but I got to agree with the with the cop with what he was saying that this stuff is it's about uh, the system, and they talked about that even back in the day. I remember a cop kicking me in the leg as a, a, a kid and making fun of it to his other fellow uh, cop members that were, which was white. Look, he got a wooden leg. How you like that, Joe? And all that. And then I heard Will Smith say on, on Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, he said this. He said, it's not that the cops are getting worse. It's that they're being filmed now. You're, 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 being, you're being showed what was going on. This stuff been going on since we were kids. But now it's what the what the cops said that we have to address the issue of the system. Because they're not all bad cops out there. Even though I, even though I've had bad experience, I know that they I had had good experience. You know, and it's not just about black lives matter. It's about all people lives matter. You know, and we need to really stand up and start talking to our our black community, young black community, about what it is to have self-respect. Even when we was from a gang of June, you listening, and anybody else that's listening, that that, that, that they know this, that that come up in the gang where we had respect for elder people. Even even though we were gang war members, we were ashamed to do things in front of grown-ups smoke cigarettes, anything, say something wrong. And I think that's what's missing of this generation of young criminals, black or white, is that you got to care about what you say and do. You know, self-respect is is missing. 
And I want to commend the cop who who shared his experience as being a cop. These is other people who are ignorant to what's going on. Right. That we act ignorant. And ignorant don't mean that you're dumb or stupid. It's that you don't know. And you need to know. You need more information with the with the little information that you got, and you need to listen. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up and listen. I just shared my uh, uh, opinion and experience. Right. Okay, well, there's some good people and some bad people out there. That's the point that makes those um, stereotype all police officers. That's the same thing. Even if it is eight guys like uh, uh, like eight guys around there, why isn't someone intervening on the body changes for half? If that was eight old gangbangers standing around that guy, all eight of them went with the jail for that. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So how come eight police didn't go to jail for kicking Rodney King in the head? Because nobody intervened. That's what that well, like, 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 was saying, right? Yeah, the officer was saying he was sharing the truth about the experiences of of, of officers. He 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 around them. He see it, you know. And what we need to do is address the the behavior. The behavior right. of, of officers, not just the behaviors of citizens, but the behavior of the ones who are hired to protect us. Right. Oh, yeah, we, we have another caller. Yeah. We're going to take the next caller, Thank you. Yeah. Good evening, Brother Carlton. How you doing? Good evening. Uh, welcome to Provocative Thought. This is Brother Speck. Brother Speck, my man. All right. How you doing? I, I, I'm well, brother. I appreciate um, the feedback from my brother June Dog and Tyrone and the officer that spoke family, um, where most of my family are police officers, but I grew up in the gang war era, and you right. can bear witness to that, Carlton. Yes, I, I, I just want to. I just want to share this. <clears throat> I had a few bad experiences, and I had a lot of good experiences with police officers. But let's go back to the root of the matter. The root of the matter is how the police department got started and and why it was formed. Because you remember, if we go to the root, the police department was started right after the end of slavery in 1865. That's right. because they wanted to keep the slaves in check, and then they wanted to make sure that if they got out of line, crossing over diff- different lines and doors, jurisdictions, that they will capture the slave and bring them back to different owners of the plantation. Now, let's fast forward this and speed this up. Now we're going to speed this up when you was talking about Rodney King. Now, the officer that spoke up, and, and, and that's the first time I heard it worded like that. There's no such thing as a bad police officer, but you have bad people in the uniform right. of police officers. Right. Now, we know there's maybe 1% to 2 to 3% of bad officers out there. My thing is this, and I heard a brother speak up about uh, Black Lives Matter. The Black Lives Matter is only an extension of the Black Panther Party, the SNCC organization, and all of these organizations that stood up for justice. Now, we are the only people. Now, I know you can go and pull up the statistics and talk, you know, see and how many cops have got shot like that. I don't condone what the citizens are are doing to shoot shoot police officers. I'm not for that. But Someone had mentioned one of your calls that if you have a bad element and a bad culture within the police department, and I believe that Richard Ross is doing the best that he can now, you know, based upon him taking the position from his predecessor, that he is doing the best that he can to reform it. This is what it's going to take. It's going to take black people along with other people. Now, we're not the minority. We're really the majority, but they classify us as the minority. I just want you to know your history. And once we 
go to these meetings. They have them every month in your uh, in your district of wherever whatever district you're in. They have mm-hmm. these PT meetings where the police department invite the community out to participate and engage in, in dialogue to dis- to discuss matters of crime and what's going on on both sides of the police department and the citizens. This is your opportunity to opportunity to engage. Not only that, you should engage as far as voting. A lot of us sit back on the sideline. We see these things taking place. Now I heard the officer say this, and then I'm gonna get I'm gonna shut up. He said, "Just don't blame the police officers, but blame the system. The system right. is based upon systematic." racism. And if this has been going on for over a century, even President Obama said, we won't be able to change this overnight, but it's going to take all of us as a whole, those who participate, exercising their powers, their mental abilities, those who read the newspapers, and and, and you, you put these people in office. Now, listen, we got a major election coming up. I'm not telling you who to vote for, but just remember this. The next Supreme Justice that is appointed by the president, whether it's one to three, they will be in there over three to four generations of our children's lifetime. What are we going to do to change it? We know that we have a problem. We got to combat the problem first in our communities, then combat the problem also externally with systemic racism. That is the root of the problem. Until we deal with that, that's when we're going to narrow this down and minimize the problems that is going on with the shooting of our black people in the urban areas because they want to make war against us, those who have that sick mindset. Not all cops, but the sick ones that hide behind the badge and do this. That's the ones I can deal with. I'll be quiet. We appreciate your input. All right, Troy Trevor, are you still there? Yeah, you have another caller. Oh, we have another Hello? caller? Hello? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, hello? Yes. Yeah. yeah, this is Brother Mark, right? Brother Mark, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Listen, I, I was listening to the brothers talk about the different things about the police brutality right. and... Right. You know, one of the things that I got in touch with was the fact that um, even though you have you have cops, they supposed to protect and they supposed to protect and serve us, right? But it seems like it's the opposite. I mean, I'm not gonna say in all cases because some police officers do their job, but it's the bad ones that that makes it better for the good ones. And what I experienced. Is, is the fact that, and, I, and I'm, and I'm going to throw this question out there, and I would like to get some information on it. Come, here it is, 2016. You got cops still pro- patrolling black neighborhoods. You got white cops, and I'm not prejudiced, but you got white cops patrolling black neighborhoods. Okay, I understand, you know, the uniform is the uniform, but you already feel like a threat when you got guys that come from up rural neighborhoods, the country guys, and they're coming down to the city, they don't know anything about us. And then they want to patrol the neighborhood. I feel like that they should have black cops patrolling black neighborhoods. That way you get a better understanding. You get a relationship with these guys. You know, but from my experience, I rarely see black cops patrolling white neighborhoods. And this is where I think is a big issue. Because if you want to have cops patrolling areas, you want to have cops that can understand, can understand the situations, can wear it out, people that can kind of, kind of relate to one another. Now, I have guys that I grew up with are cops, and believe me, you know what I'm saying, that, that was out there gangbanging with me, and now they're cops. And we sit up and talk just like if, if we were just like, you know, uh, uh, men on the street talking, because we can relate to one another. And long as they got uh, uh, white cops patrolling black neighborhoods, you're going to always have chaos because a lot of these guys don't understand the hood and, and not just the hood. I'm speaking, dealing with people, period. If you, you, you lived in a neighborhood and you out in the country and you get a job as a police and they send you down in the city, 
You don't know nothing about what's going on in, uh, right. and, and the neighborhoods like that. So how are you going to uh, uh, relate to them? First thing you see is the enemy because they don't know how to deal with us. I believe that they start putting black cops patrol black neighborhoods, white cops and black cops patrolling neighborhoods together. And, and it only have to be black cops patrolling black. It could be white and black together. But you right. got white cops, and that's a threat. And I'm going to tell you, when I see a, a white cop, two white cops pulling me over, because I've been pulled over by, by cops, I feel threatened already. You know, because I'm feeling like, okay, here are these guys. You know what I mean? And, and automatically, there's the two white cops together. But if it's a black and a white cop, you might feel a little different. But this, you know, what is the problem? Why is that? This 2016, you got white cops patrolling black neighborhoods. Tell me, somebody please answer me that question. Because you don't see it in the white neighborhoods. You don't see black cops controlling their neighborhoods. Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't know why that might happen. I don't know how. You want to say something? Hello? Hello. I want to say one thing. I'm a lady, and I'm up to my age. I remember when cops used to come in my neighborhood at 44th and Fairmont, where I live, and see boys fighting. And they would take the black boys to jail and the white boys throwing beer bottles at them. Come in the neighborhood and start fighting the black boys. And I'm not prejudiced because I love all people. Right. And that I didn't think that was right. So I would get on the phone and call 911 and tell them. And they would cuss me out. Then how you know the way I wasn't blind, I could see. But it, it's too much prejudice and stuff going on in the world. All of us should be together and be glad we got a one God to serve, and we ought to come out of our houses and stand on corners and kneel down on our knees and pray for now. Because these kids today think what we have done, they think it's right to live that way. And then they go to jail when they're 9 and 10. I never seen a child in jail at 9 and 10 when I was growing up. It was in the house doing what the mother told them. But these cops was out, I know, to beat his own collar down when he seen the white cops coming to fight with him. I'd seen that with my own eyes, me, my sisters, and my brothers. And I had to call 911 to make them stop beating and beat him till he was bloody. Mm. I don't think that's right. And I'm up in age now, I'm a senior citizen, but I don't forget things. And I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm not retarded or nothing like that. Because I took care of retarded kids, and I respect them. I didn't care if there's white, black, green, or blue. God made us all. He made us all. We don't even know what color God was because right. we never seen him. But I appreciate the Lord that he gave me goodness of children of all colors. I'm not prejudiced at all, and I'm glad. I love children. They just need to start the, getting the right kind of president getting the right kind of cop, the right kind of everybody, that includes right. myself, and then the world would be better. Don't you think so? I, I believe that also. Good people, uh, good things happen with good people. If yeah, but don't call them. All right. And, about and, thought. Thank you very much. Two, Hello? Two, seven, two, seven, one. Yeah. Okay. It's June again. Yes, sir. Oh yeah. It's it's June again, man. I just wanted to say, you know, I had I had a lot. I had a I had a few bad experiences with police officers, but I had more good than bad. But you know, right. speaking in reference to piggyback off what Mark said, you know, right. uh, I I had got shot one time, 1975. Right. I got shot. I was on Westminster Avenue with scared, waiting for the police officers to come. You know, the emergency wagon to come. Right. But a police officer, he pulled up, and, you know, he said he would take me. And it was a young white cop, he, you know, put me in the backseat of the car, and he, and he took me to Presbyterian Hospital. But right. I'm going to say this, man, and, and on, on the grave of my mother, every stop sign and every stoplight, he stopped at. And the more I would moan and groan, like I was in pain and we were ready to die, he, all he would do was look in the backseat at me, and he, was, and he stopped at every stoplight. In every stop sign to 39th and Powell Avenue. If I'm lying, oh God, take my breath away from me right now. And I can understand what Mark's saying about, you know, a feeling towards officers that have n- no connection to your neighborhood or to your community. And they put out, you have good people in all things and bad people also. Right. Uh, 
judges, a majority of judges, when you go to court, the police officer, they don't view them as like they're human. They could do wrong. They're human right. beings. You right. have good and bad in all professions, man, in all right. in the workforces. But it seems like they don't understand that. They can't conceive of an officer telling a lie or doing something bad in the community to somebody. But, I mean, they're, right. human, they're human beings. We all got right. a, a tendency to do, you know, what's right or what's wrong. Until the system changes, until they change their thinking, oh, oh, there'll be no justice, man. Right. There had to be some consequences right. for the behaviors, right? There had to be. I, I went up to an officer when my young son was, was, was um, being detained, and I asked him a question. It was a black officer. And, right. I, you know, and I asked him questions, and he went off on me. Because, you know, I was asking him, I was respectful towards him and everything. And right. uh, one of the white shirts was there. So I said, you see how he was talking to me, officer? I said, I, I didn't disrespect him. I asked him a question. This is my son. I got him my ISD and so forth and so on. You know what he said? He said he's upset about this and this, that. And I said, but so he's, that means he's all right for him to take that out on me? So what I did was I went into the, to the um, district and filed a complaint on him. Right. And um, they called me in one day, and the lieutenant came in, and um, we had a little me, the lieutenant, another officer up at 12th District, you know, did some paperwork and, and talked about the situation and stuff like that. But like a month later, I got a paperwork. They didn't, you know, they didn't do nothing to them. It's just a culture of, um, and that's why I understand how they take up for each other, a lot of them. And you never hear too many, you see any police officers on the news speaking out about, well, look, man, I work in a, a, a police force or the district where my, the officers, have, I've seen them do this, so they don't, they don't do that. And, right. You know, they don't do that. You have people complain and work at GE or Ford or whatever. You know, people on the job do this, they do that. They don't do that, man. Until they right. change that culture, right. nothing is going to change. So they have to change what's inside. Right. So people speak up against them, they, and then they're, they're criticized their own kind. If somebody speak up, or they'd be outcast. You don't see right. too many police officers speaking up against cops. They don't, even though they know they have done something wrong or seen something wrong or heard something wrong. They don't say nothing about it. If they do, they right. keep it to themselves. I don't hear it on the news. I don't see it in the papers. You know, that, that's what I had to, you know, get that off of that because I, that's what I witnessed. That is, you know, I, I, I haven't seen it either. I haven't seen police officers speak specifically about anything that they were present in and, you know, or, in, or had an intervention, like you said, the Rodney King incident. Nobody intervened, even though their job could have been on the line because of that should have been on the line to let it, you know, occur, continue to occur. But nobody, no intervention. It would have been eight guys around the corner, corner. That would have been eight guys going to court, right? You have another call. Okay. June, thanks a lot. You have another caller. Welcome to Provocative Thought. Oh, good evening. How you doing today? All right. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. My name is Courtney. I'm calling in from West Philly. All right, Courtney. Um, I was hearing on a little bit about what the gentleman prior to was, was saying about, you know, what's going on in reference to, like, uh, police doing certain things to us, us in the community and how it's, it's been a history of those those things going on. And it seems like the cases, every time, you know, we begin to talk about that, it seems like, like the other culture particularly, I start to talk about the intracultural violence that, that goes on in the community. Right. And so, so, I'm looking at it like in that as we address what's going on in terms of the, the police dealing with us in an unjust way, and at the same time we could deal with the situation of the, the intercultural conflicts and the violence by way of uh, and in the movement sense almost of having more of a refinement of the culture take place like 16 years into the millennium to the extent whereas in a sense the the culture is carrying itself in such a refined manner that. When those so-called authorities approach, it it almost seem out of, seem out of place. And I'm just thinking in in a certain sense of how gentlemen have carried themselves in the, in, in the past during the 1960s in different movements. And then right. and so, asking also, do you think that you know we can move towards uh, a space where that's starting to manifest again within the culture to the extent where there's a refinement of the culture going on? Okay, so let me ask you a question first. You have to um, explain to the audience, listen to the audience, what you mean by a refinement. And and thinking about a, a, a refinement in culture, thinking about the the culture just advancing and in different areas of human activity. 
So in, in terms of, I think, education, passes, if, if we become a refined in our education, it would go from the space where, where we're not just knowing something, but the, we having the ability to, to use what it is that we know to, to make progress in any different area that, that knowledge pertains to. So I like, refine just the, just the overall like just advancement of the culture. Okay. So to be more specific, in a Renaissance sense. Right. Okay. So to be more specific, education, improving our level of education, right? Yes. And right. I, and and not and as it relates to, I would say getting basic needs met like food, food, clothes, and shelter, and and in the farming sense, being able to deal with textiles being able to deal with the building trades and and so in a sense people are look at it as like a non traditional space, but these are still things that kinda relate to the basic necessities that we need in our community that in most cases we don't produce for ourselves. Okay, would that be uh schools, trade schools and using those trades in the community? I would I would I would I would certainly advocate to use a, a trade schools and what comes to my mind is a, a gentleman named Leon Sullivan and he has some things going on at the o, OIC building at Broad and Gerard um, right. some some decades back to the effect where people were able to go through and you know, gain gain knowledge in areas of mathematics and science and put those things to use in the practical sense of producing what the community needed. Right. Okay. You think that this would impact upon the uh plague of the police shootings or citizens, citizens shooting police on the fact that an individual has what? I, I think that it'll it minimize it in the sense that as as a, as a community, excuse me, not so much as a community, because as we exist in neighborhoods now, as we move towards a more, a more communal sense and we move toward a space where we're able to handle those intracultural conflicts Without without having to call the police, or yeah, in, in a way. Okay, that's in terms and, of, of what they call black on black crime. You saying? Yeah, so like when they call it, you know, with the proverbial black on black crime, I just look at it like it's an intercultural conflict, and it's it's a conflict that that the culture has learned to inflict on itself from the other culture, depending on you know how it's viewed in a historical context. So. For instance, you know, the, the history of African in America runs far past a, a 1629, but if one were, were ignorant enough to look at it from a 1629 point of view and bring it to 2016, you say, oh, they're just mimicking what the other culture has done. And oftentimes that's that's often overlooked, and individuals that are racist, racist is actually given a, a free pass without the, the acknowledgement of that. Okay. All right, so we need to develop a, another or other means for dealing with our common, our present condition in society. Positive means, positive methods for dealing with the negativity that's inflicted upon us in this community. Is that what you're saying? In short? Yes, and not so much because um, cause to an extent, like, it can appear like almost fanatical or radical in a sense, but like, like in, a, in, a, in a practical sense, and I think that the some of the tools that we can use are already already there rooted and the, and what I would say is a black is a black social theory and and knowing how to how to have a certain outlook on the world, how to know and how to relate to each other and one of the things that I find that's that's current now is um being trauma informed and uh i'll say in a in a professional sense uh individuals everybody wants to become trauma informed and to an extent. I think they're probably training the police officers to become trauma-informed. But in that, just because one might become trauma-informed, that doesn't give them the authority to care in a particular situation. But I think as a, as a community, we we know what each other goes through. Excuse me, we know what we go through as a culture. And as we move to a space where we're able to deal with uh, a lot of the conflicts that it is, excuse me, that, that we have that are prevalent, we'll be able to, we'll be able to move past it. But it has to come with you know, being able to acknowledge and then move from past that space because we definitely don't hang rock, rock, you know, brazers and underwear out on on clothesline, but we still need to be able to come to a consensus on what is and what what's not in the community and how what we need to do to move forward. Excuse me, Steve. Okay. 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 Ok
Okay, you're fading a little bit. No, I said I said excuse me for being long winded. I apologize. Oh, that's all right, Courtney. You are right. you you you're good. So we need to so we need to meet we need to meet and come to terms about certain uh positions that we want to live by. Things we want to do to improve our quality of life. Is that right? Yes. Right, and we need to come to terms with uh, an idea about how we feel about our lives, like how we value each other. Is that right? Yes. I'm, okay. I can't get, get these notes down. And then, and then I can say that I'm, I was taken aback and saying the the recent police tellers and the other gentlemen out the streets. It takes me back to an experience that I had when I was I was a younger man, about 19. I wish police killed this, this young man named Dante Dawson, and he was my age. He had his license. They pulled him over, and they said, you know, they thought he was reaching for a gun. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that's bogus. That's that's preposterous. These individuals are trained to be able to see beyond those things. And then that was kind of reminiscent of, you know, what took place in, in decades prior, per se, the 80s, where individuals would, you know, die at the hands of police officers and, and not be the, the, the so-called criminal or the individual that was in the wrong. So overall, like as a, as a young man, I used to try to carry myself with with respect to the extent. Whereas, you know, if if they come up on me, they they need to state the purpose for it for coming up on me. Right. Okay, but you have to be very careful of how you move in the presence of uh, these police stops. You know, sometimes you never know who's stopping you. You know, sometimes you know, like I said in the beginning of the show, sometimes these guys uh, you don't know what kind of trauma that police officer might went through. You don't know if he's a racist or not. He's trying to, you know, you, we don't know who he is. He's a man, right? He, he's a man in a police uniform, as the mother said uh, in, the open, in their opening statement. So you had good people, you had bad people. You don't know who's stopping you. Unfortunately, we don't. We don't know if that's a good person stopping you in blue or a bad person stopping you in blue, right? Yeah. Right. You don't know you if that's you can call him. Okay. Uh, Courtney, thank you very much. Next caller, please. Hello, Carl. How you doing? Hello? How you doing, Carl? All right. Uh, who we have here? LaBelle? Yeah, LaBelle. How you doing? Caller? Yeah, um, uh, I'm just saying, uh, I said a lot on the first show that we had about, on the first show you had about this, but uh, what i like to say is uh, I, had a, I had a few experiences with some bad cops, too, you know, um, but what I like to say is right now is a lot of people that spoke today they had a, they had a lot of good positive messages and they they're right a lot of them is right you know a lot of it is based on uh prejudice you know and that's because they're not educated you know a lot of cops is not educated and it's not just like the the, like the officers were saying it's not the actually the police officers themselves it's the people that wear the badges right. so um I agree with that, but um, yeah, I had a couple of experiences with cops pulling me over and, you know, having their guns short. I was a young black man, you know, with a stinking brand new car, um, in the eighties, you know, late eighties, early nineties, and um, uh, cop pulled me over. They had their guns drawn and said they said uh, somebody had a call said that um, I I had a shotgun in in, in the trunk, and I knew that was a lie, you know, because I, I, I even up to the day I teach my my son not to play with guns, you know, because I don't like them. But um, yeah, they pulled, they had the guns drawn on me, made me get out, frisked me down, and everything. This and they, I, you know, that was just a, a race. I was just racially profiled as me being a black man with a new car and a young black man at that. So right. and I guess they. Pointed me out. I think I guess they think I was some type of drug dealer or something like that. I just couldn't be the average Joe like I was, you know, with a good job and just trying to live with, with a family. And they couldn't. I guess that's why they pulled me over, you know. And so, like you said, and like a lot of them said, yeah, previous callers said before, it's, it's a lot of good ones out there, but it's a lot of bad ones because they're they're not educated, you know, far as you know. Um, life itself as far as, you know, just life and experience and they really need to screen I guess they need really need to screen the officers more carefully. But then again, 
even when it comes down to that, still really can't tell because you have actors out here, and actors are good. You know what I'm saying? Then if you're an actor, you can get away with a lot of things. So you probably can bypass the, um, you know, you know the the, the screening process because you're right. an actor. So I, I I haven't called in a while. I just figured I'd just add my my sentence, you know, and and um. Yeah, I appreciate listening. Calls. Appreciate listening to everybody. That was good calling. Okay, Devell, thank you. Let me get this next caller. Our next caller, please. Welcome to Provocative Thought. Hello. 267983, you're on. Press one to speak, please. Okay, we go to another one. You got another caller? Welcome to Provocative Thought. Hello, this is Q. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How you doing? This is Q. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I want to show if you can hear me. Um, quick. we got about nine minutes. Okay. Um, I missed most of the show, but um, I just want to give my little two cents, I guess. Um, with some of these guys, it doesn't matter what you do. Well, first of all, let me say, when I was a kid, I got to talk about how you're supposed to um, engage police officers or law enforcement types whenever you come in contact with them. And it was, um, you know, you want to comply and everything like that. Like, when I when I get stopped now, I haven't been stopped in a while, but before they get to my car, I already got my license and everything they need to see in my hand. I got my hand on the steering wheel, so I'm not making any sudden moves or anything like that. But, you know, like um, people were saying, it doesn't matter what you do with some of these people, they're so uh, afraid and all that stuff like that that, um, that you know, they're they pulling their guns anyway, you know. But I I just want to say, you know, those guys are wrong and they, they need to be uh, addressed, you know. But as far as us, we should... I think we should try to um, do everything we can in order not to um, find ourselves in a situation where someone could mistake us for reaching for something. You know, that's all I want to say. Is that is that a uh, 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 literally Say that again. Is that literally mistake or say they mistook? Because sometimes it's not that they mistook anything. Say it again? Mistake. Is that a mistake literally or a mistake say I thought? I'm not sure what you're saying. Okay, well, I'm saying is it a lie? Is it true? You have, you have another call, calling. Okay, call. we have another call. Q, is there anything else? Next caller. Oh, next, next caller, please. Welcome to Provocative Thought. How you doing? Hello. That's what I forgot how old I was. I thought, listen, I'm 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 57. I thought, I thought I was 57 last year, <laughs> and I and I was, and I was only 56, and I'm thinking I was already 57. All right, man. And then, and then Ty told me something. No, you. Yeah, I sounds like Martin on the on the on the phone. Uh, I'm gonna go one and say before we close. Can you call it? Young black no. men are nine times more likely than other Americans to be killed by police officers in 2015, according to the findings of the Garden Study. The rep that recorded a final tally of 1,134 deaths at the hands of law enforcement this year, 2015. Despite making up only 2% of the total U.S. population, African-American males between the ages of 15 and 34 comprise of more than 15% of all death laws this year. You know, it's not mandatory for a police department to keep a tally of the uh, 
people that they kill, I don't, I don't even understand it. That sounds bizarre to me. But nobody's keeping a record of, of that. They have a record, but it's, it's nowhere where it's gathered. So it's not all required. So it's some, somewhere where the information like that is kept, but it's not required to, you know, that they have the total uh, tally of that. The rate of police involved in death was five times higher for white men of the, uh, for, for the same age. Uh, the minorities are 38% of the population is non-white, minorities. Almost half of those killed are minorities. Unarmed killings, minorities equal about 53% to white, 45%. Blacks are killed at two times the rate of white. Blacks at 7.13 to white, 2.9. Hispanic, 3.48. Native American, 3.4. So that's the kind of statistics that are coming out of this uh, issue, uh, and it's sad that we have, you know, earlier we talked about the police killing. I think it's at least maybe 30 to 40 police being um, killed on the job a year. We have a few extra minutes. I just want to say that very difficult to convict a police officer of a crime, of these crimes basically because of this law, as Brother said, in the beginning, as the law is interpreted by the Supreme Court. They don't want to second judge the officer's decision in this intense split-second decision he made in this intense evolving situation. So actually, as another caller said, the the officer gets the, uh, the nod, usually gets the nod. He has to really be out of control, without a doubt, you can't word it any different than what he did. Like, it was an officer in North Carolina, shot a guy running away from him. It was a traffic stop. Then the guy had a bench warrant for him for, I don't know what it was for, port, I don't know what, something. It was a 50-year-old man. The guy was about maybe 30 feet running away from him, and he shot him four times in the back. That officer was uh, eventually uh, prosecuted, but originally it was he gave another statement, and what happened was someone had a, as somebody else said, somebody had a cell phone and recorded it, and that's actually how he was convicted. Because I think uh, I would think that four shots in the back is enough to convict anybody of murder, whether he be a police officer. Pavilion, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Four shots in the back. You, there's no way you can defend that. Four shots in the back, no gun. So we have some good police, people who are police, and we have some people who are bad, who are police officers, and we and vice versa. The uh, police are getting in shootouts with individuals who are committing crimes also. So we want to acknowledge that they have a difficult job, and we also want uh, to acknowledge that certain individuals appear African-Americans and, and people who are impoverished appear to have a difficult experience with the police. So maybe we can meet, start meeting and go into these community organizations, talk to the police officers, just on the beat. Why are you on the beat? Why not just have that conversation with a guy, ask him how the day went? Same thing for police officers to be more interested in how well your day is going than if you have a bag of uh, drugs on you or did you sell anything or did you commit a crime, maybe he should be more interested in you as a person and maybe we should be more interested in police officers as people. But as individual, as we've been saying, it's sometimes it's kind of dangerous that approach to a police officer. We don't want to get injured or we don't want to be disrespected. You know, as uh, June Dog said, he tried to speak with a police officer and, and the police officer disrespect totally disrespected. It's the end. You have a caller? No, it's the end. Hey, hop on the face of that. I want to thank everybody for calling. Oh, I listen. You will not be able to stay home, brother. I want to say to everybody. Remember, each you will one, not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. Each one, each one.